Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want 20% discount on the best earplugs for exercise? Ultra earplugs go in your ears and stay in there. Go to ultraaudio.com, that's U-L-T-R-O, and use the discount code DOM20. That'll save you around $35. That's ultraaudio.com, U-L-T-R-O, and the discount code DOM20. Hello, and welcome to episode 21 of Runners Only with Dom Harvey. On this episode, Zach Guilford. Have to live with something like that. It's it's pretty tough, to be honest, but I think I'm just trying to use, I guess, my story for others to see that there is hope through yeah. the darkness of addiction. I don't know if I can ever be fully forgiven, yeah. um, but, you know, we've talked since, and it's, I guess, as good as it can be. 11 years ago, Zach Guilford was in the All Blacks team that won the Rugby World Cup. He's won Super Rugby titles. He's won a Commonwealth Games gold medal at the Sevens. And nowadays, his life looks completely different. He's gone from earning half a million dollars a year in France to being on home detention and living a very humble life in Christchurch. It's a hell of a story. There's a lot to unpack. Strap yourself in. It's going to be one hell of a ride. Just before we get into it, quick thanks to the sponsors of this episode of Runners Only with Dom Harvey, M's Power Cookies. Uh, these things made in New Zealand. It says on the wrapper they're a good source of protein, wheat-free, and good source of fibre. All I know is that they taste delicious, and they're really good if you're heading out on a run. M's Power Cookies, they were designed by a lady called M, funnily enough, who won the coast-to-coast three times. She's a nutritionist. She knows what she's on about. I've got a couple of big runs coming up later this year, including the Kepler Challenge in December, and you can be rest assured these are going to be fueling me through that 60k run. All right, let's get into it. Hey, runners only, yeah, yeah, let's get it started. Hey, hey, this is runners only with Dom Harley. Uh, fast paced, slow and steady, anywhere you coming. Uh, just want to connect for everyone who loves running. This is runners only, yeah, yeah let's get it started. Hey, hey, this is runners only with Dom Harley. Uh, fast paced, slow and steady, anywhere you coming. Uh, just want to connect for everyone who loves running. Hey, runners only with Dom Harley. Runners only with Dom Harvey and Zach Guildford. Hello, mate. Hey, brother. How are you? It's it's good. We were just um talking before we went into record mode for the podcast. Um, this this is the first time we've met ever. Yeah, first time in person. Feels like I've known you forever. Obviously, um, you know, I've had my struggles over the over the years, and you've reached out time and time again, and. I'm just happy to say that I'm in a good heat space this time. So um, yeah, it's great. It's great. It's nice to finally meet you. It feels um, very familiar. Come on in. Come on in. Oh, yeah. Who's this? This is Jake. He's my He's colleague. We work alongside. Hey, how is it going, Jake? Just starting. I'm bit, Dom. Nice yeah. to meet you. A lot of people are probably scratching their head, going, "Why? Why have you got Zach on a running podcast?" Um, so we we will get to that. So you're on home detention at the moment. You've got a treadmill in your driveway, though. Um, you do. You you are running quite a bit at the moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've only got got five k out this morning, but um, running's massive for me in terms of therapy. Mm. Um, I remember, you know, during the first lockdown, I used—I'd never really run long distances in my life, and I used that to keep myself sane. And I'm doing the same to keep myself sane here. I managed to do a six weeks ago before I started these meds. I was 107 kg, ADHD meds that is, and now it's helped me. I guess get into that positive mind frame and concentrate on the good things rather yeah. than the bad things, addictions and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's helped me. You know, I've got fit again. I've lost ten kgs. And you you ran a half marathon on your treadmill the other week. Yeah, <laughs> I blew that one up. I think so we've, got a, <laughs> we've got a new one in. But um, yeah, Jeez, that's tedious. That's a that's a long time on a treadmill. Yeah, I had some um, moral support from the household who were coming down into the driveway to. Um, Give me shit, I guess, most yeah. of the time, but that got me through. It's like two hours, oh one, I think I did it in. So, hoping to do a, a marathon in the coming future for suicide awareness with a few others. Oh, is that um, right? Yeah. A full one. Do you want to do it? Yeah, I'd love to. Okay, sweet. That was easy. When, when are you planning on doing it? Um, it's actually supposed to be June the 19th, but I'm just waiting on a few things in terms of getting um, the absence approved for my bracelet, right. et cetera, et cetera. But, um, 
yeah, I lost a really good friend to suicide about a month ago. So it just motivated me to, I guess, put some, shine some light on an area that we do run away from a lot of the time. Because, mm. um, you know, people don't like talking about suicide or the nitty gritty things like that. But um, oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a massive issue in this country, eh? and the, the more talk about it, the better. It's a real thing, you know. So mm. I guess it's just about, for me, I'm just really passionate about not losing another brother or sister to suicide. Yeah. I nearly lost myself to suicide. I've lost, you know, other close friends, and just enough's enough. Yeah. So, yeah, let's do this marathon. That's cool. Mate, I'd love to do it with you. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, hit me up. So, um, so Zach, where are we? What, what, are, what is this place? Um, this is home. Yeah. Work from home, train from home, do everything from home. Um, I'm on the bracelet, so it makes it easy being here, to be honest. Um, beautiful people that welcome me into their house, my current em- employers. Um, yeah, I work for them as part of redemption recruitment, mm. and uh, my life has been awesome um, the last few months in terms of sobriety and continuing this journey of um, inner peace, really, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there is um, there is so much that we got to we got to talk about. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> I, I just don't know where to where to start. Why don't we go? We'll, we'll go all the way back. Um, let's talk young Zach Guilford. So um, you're growing up where? Hawke's Bay? No. Yeah, Hawke's Bay. So yeah. I was born in the in the Wairarapa mm-hmm. and lived there till the age of ten, and then we moved to Napier because Dad got a job there. All right. So yeah, went to Napier Boys, uh, played all my footy there, got signed at high school as you know a, the teenager, seventeen to eighteen. So that was. Um, yeah, that was pretty pretty mm. intense. I wasn't ready for it, I guess, yeah. Yeah, so where's, how much money are you talking then? From trying to scab $2.50 at the touch shop <laughs> in my last year, seventh form, to the next year being on, was, you know, at least 100K. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Did you, was there anyone in the family that was good with finances or well, financial advice? Yeah, people tried to help me, but... <laughs> Yeah, the, I guess the underlying ADHD and the addiction issues from a young age, um, it was just, yeah, no one could help me, you know, mm. until I was ready to put up my hand and help myself, which yeah. has only been just recently. Yeah. So were you were you just like naturally good at rugby or did you work really hard? Not really. Like I, I tell everyone, my brother, who's 80 months, younger, 80 months younger than me, was way better. Like naturally could step off both feet, pass off both hands, kick off, you know, both feet, do whatever he wanted pretty much, but I was more the... Battler, so I had to grind away, but um, obviously, you know, with the ADHD diagnosis, it made a lot of sense because I was so hyper fixated mm. on rugby. Um, I wasn't, yeah, as I said, naturally the best, but I worked and worked to, you know, become pretty good at it eventually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your mum and dad, were they together growing up? Yep, yep, yep. they were together, so... Um, were, they t- were they together until your dad passed? Yeah, they were, yeah. actually, oh, in the stands in, in Tokyo, mm. so, yeah, that was... Really tough. I mean, so, so what was that like? The, the Junior World Cup or something? Yeah. yeah so I played yeah. in the under nineteens in two thousand seven, the under twenties two thousand eight, and it was my last year under twenties two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just beat in England in the final, like forty four twenty something. Um, got a couple of tries. Life was good, and then lined up for the medal, and I just noticed a bit of commotion up in the grandstand. I was like, "Oh shit, this isn't good." Just had that feeling, you know, um, mm. gut sort of sunk, and then. I just, you know, looked up, seen commotion, and I was like, this, I just had the feeling that things weren't good, you know, and then I see my mum, she was crying, and waved me up, so, yeah, bro, it was um, a pretty hectic moment in my life. So what was it, like a heart attack or something? Yeah, heart attack, so, you know, my old man was only 44, wow. 85 kg, still playing a bit of, you know, social footy and touch and stuff, so it was totally out of the blue, but he effectively had three of his major arteries that were blocked, so, yeah, it's just a ticking time bomb, I guess. Yeah, dropped him straight away and he didn't come back from it. How how the fuck do you process that? I'm still trying to, to tell you the yeah, truth. You know, yeah. I ran from it for a long time um, through addiction, mm. um, rugby. Um, yeah, those were the two mm. things I focused on, you know. It was, I guess, that hyperfixation of what I grew up around and that, I guess, created a false sense of safety mm. um, once Dad passed away. So, you know, I didn't. I was given the support, you know, from the rugby unions and stuff like that, but I was just never really, really ready to fully surrender. Oh, you're a you're a kid as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, I was, Dad died in June, and I made the ABs in November, so it was pretty quick. So, and you got to see you see you in the black jersey. No, he didn't. Yeah, not yeah. the All Blacks one, but um, yeah, we actually buried him in his in my New Zealand under twenties top with the, with the medal. So that was, um, I guess oh my cool. god. 
Well, so you, so you, you win this game, you get the medal, then you find out your 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 dad's like dead in the grandstand. What what do the next forty eight hours look like? Um, we actually went back to our team room, and you know the boys obviously wanted to celebrate, but it was a big dampener on celebration. So I sort of you don't say yeah. So I sort of just had one beer with them and sort of and said you know have a good night, boys. But Mum and I are going to go up to the room and obviously process, and we just lay there the whole night and didn't get much sleep to be honest. Yeah. Did, did you, I mean, were you bawling your eyes out? Did you cry, or were you quite sort of stoic about it? Um, pretty blank, to tell you the truth. Really? Like, yeah, I do. Just went on this. Just was really confused to start with, but then a lot of emotion, I guess, around anger, frustration. Um, you know, my dad was the only one that could really tell me what to do. If you know what I mean. So, <laughs> so when he passed away, I was like, no one's going to tell me what to do now. And, you, <laughs> you know, were right. And yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Until I, the Department I, of Corrections came along. Yes, exactly. And I held that thought subconsciously for so long, you know, and it mm. did nothing but, you know, caused me pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was your relationship like with the old man? It was good. We had a yeah. really good relationship. Yeah. You know, we had a good upbringing, so there were no real um, excuses in terms of, you know, falling into addiction apart from the fact that, you know, yes, Dad would have beers after the game when he played rugby or, you know, yes, trackside would be on. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I you know I think I just became really super fixated on being a model of my dad and mm. what um what he did, but um couldn't really control that. And what's your relationship with your mum like? You're yeah, tight. really good. Yeah, mum and I are really tight. Obviously, um yeah, she's had my back mm. for a long time, and just looking to hopefully give her some peace in terms of you know creating <laughs> some really good things for myself. <laughs> well, <laughs> and that's staying a- out of trouble. Oh yeah, I mean, mums, mums, they always have your back, eh? Like, so yeah. she's never going to turn her back on you. But she must just feel every every time you let yourself down or you let other people down, she must just feel so heartbroken. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I can tell that it was getting the better of her for a while mm. there. So I guess, well, I know that that was a huge motivation for me in terms of getting clean and yeah. getting my life sorted. Um, yeah, it's still a long way to go, but I know I'm definitely on the right path, and there's there's no turning back. So yeah, your mum's a massive motivation. Yeah, yeah. So you, your dad passes, and then you make the All Blacks later that year. Can you remember that moment? Were you sort of? Um, do you have an inkling you're about to make the All Blacks? Do you know what I mean? Or or do you get a surprise phone call? How does that happen? But, you want to know the real story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we, myself, and a few other Hawks Bay teammates, I went mention any um, names because I'll throw myself under the bus. We were actually at Masterton for a charity netball event on the Saturday night. We'd played on the Friday and won, so we're in quite good spirits and then um, made our way down to Masterton, of all places, to um, compete in this charity netball event and um, we actually ended up getting absolutely sloshed. <laughs> um, waking up in the morning, um, wasn't my spew, but there was spew in the room and then my phone was going off um, What's going on here? And I was like, oh, shit, I've made the All Blacks. So, you know, I guess having to switch from um, a mode where I was feeling completely hungover to one where, you know, everyone was so happy for me. Um, yeah, it just happened so quickly. It's hard to put into words. So the, the phone was good. So it had been, like, announced on the on the radio or TV? Yeah, but or I didn't whatever, listen so to it because I didn't... You didn't think you were going to be... Well, I didn't like getting my hopes up. Right, so, gotcha. You know, people were saying, oh, you know, you're going to make the All Blacks, so you're pretty close, but... Um, I never think, you know, that way. I just always like to um, oh. stay a bit more reserved in case I don't make it and there was disappointment. But um, no, I was definitely stoked, but probably at the same time, like that overwhelming feeling of not being ready for this moment. But, really? Well, mentally, yeah, definitely not ready. You know, I just lost my dad. I mm, right, definitely gotcha. didn't have life sorted. But, you know, from a football perspective, yeah, I was ready. But yeah. it's the off-field stuff as well that wasn't in check. Right, and who, who was the um, captain then? Was it still Richie? Was it? Yep, Richie. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what's he like when you first met him? Well, yeah, I hadn't met him actually because I wasn't at the Crusaders by this stage. Right. Um, played against him, but yes, yeah, he's pretty. He's, he was a pretty <laughs> not intimidating, but yeah. I guess you know he was like a uncle that you're a little bit scared to talk to. But once you did talk to him, you know. It um, wasn't the most interesting um, conversation from, from uh, sorry, Richie, but from, from well, my perspective. Well, I've, I've, I've heard that about him. I've heard, um, I think, Dan Carter do an interview and Kieran Reid do an interview, and they say that they only ever spoke to him about rugby. That yeah, was it. rugby or aeroplanes. And, uh, 
<laughs> or helicopters, but yeah. There was even um, you think he was he was seeing some girl I think in like 2010, 2011, and in the lead up to the World Cup, and um, they they broke up, and he he, he said they broke up because he wanted to focus on his rugby, and I was like, oh, that's a that's a bullshit excuse. <laughs> but the more I hear about him, I think it's probably true. Yeah, I mean, he was just he was the one person that you'd want to go to war with on the field. Mm. Um, when you looked into his eyes before a game, he knew that he'd have your back, and that he he's got the whole team's back. So yeah, I can't. Um, think of anyone that I'd rather take the pitch with, you know. Mm. Um, he's a warrior. But, yeah. Um, yeah, just struggle for a bit of humour off the field. <laughs> Sorry, Richie. <laughs> Very good, man. So um, when you're in that sort of environment, are you like, scared of let, letting him down and fucking up? Or letting, uh, who, like, who's the, who are you scared of? Is it like Graham Henry or Richie? Scared of everyone. Yeah, right. Yeah, scared of everyone, to tell you the truth. Um, hugely daunting but exciting moment. Um you know, getting kitted out for the first time. We got phones, watches, um, you know, all the Adidas clothing, everything that a kid could ever wish for. Um, so when I got home from tour, obviously I opened my bags and all my mates around and it was like Christmas for them. So that's <laughs> that's what I enjoy. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. What yeah. an experience. So, um, yeah, you were the youngest player in the squad then as well. Like, what were you, 18, 19? No, nah, I, was, I was 20. 20, yeah. Yeah, so I was 20. But, yeah, who was my, my first roomie was... Um, DC in Japan because we played oh, is that right? first, so um, you really created a good relationship with DC. He's a bloody good bugger. Yeah, um, yeah. So then um, Brad Thorne the next week. So they generally put you with the senior players first, right? Um, but yeah, I, I had a pretty good relationship with most of them, apart from when I, you know, got in trouble. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. all good fellows. You know, they're all human. They're all normal guys. Just um, have big responsibility in terms of their careers. Oh, absolutely. And, and do do, um, do any of them still reach out to you now? Like when you when you pop up in the news for something, um, does um, any, anyone reach out, or are they all sort of every now and again? Yeah, but I think yeah. you know people are sort of a little bit sick of the same old cycle. You know, even yeah. talking to the media the other day, I felt a bit guilty in terms of the fact you know I told them told them a hundred times this is the time I'm going to get clean and sober. So I guess. You know, having to reiterate it to them, but only knowing deep inside myself that this is the time um, has been pretty powerful for me. But also, you know, I know that there's going to be a lot of doubters for a long time. So just keep putting one foot in front of the other each, yeah, each day. Yeah. Well, I suppose it's uh, yeah, a case of like action, speak louder than words, eh? So now exactly, it's just time yeah, to... Yeah, and I talked yeah. a lot of shit for a long time, so... Well, not not intentionally I don't think no not intentionally I think uh, I, I feel like with you over the over the years with all the all the stuff ups and we'll get to we'll get to all of these <laughs> we'll unpack all of these but I feel like um I feel like you've meant it uh, when you when you say you're going to change and it's going to be different yeah I, I, I've meant it every time yeah. you know, but I didn't know who I was in terms of you know all the underlying stuff I had it had going on I, you know, I definitely wasn't ready to put my hand up it was still out so um, yeah, I've definitely, definitely meant it in the past, and this time it just has bigger meaning. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about some fun stuff before we get to the heavy stuff. So yep. um, so the Rugby World Cup 2011, which was amazing, you, there was that game against Canada, 75-15, four tries. Yeah. Four tries. How good is that? How good does that um, feel? Yeah, it was awesome for me. I mean, I actually didn't get picked up until that last pool game because uh, I was dragged through the media prior to the World Cup. Got on the piss um, at the hotel after we lost to Australia. Right. Um, the whole, all of us did. Um, and I got dragged out in front of the media. Still unsure what exactly I did wrong that night. But oh, what, what happened? I don't remember that at all. Nothing. We just got oh. on the piss and then yeah. I got put in front of the media about my alcohol-related um, issues. We actually don't think left the hotel that night. So I actually got dropped until the Canada game. Um, right. So I just wow. trained my ass off that whole time while the boys were playing there. I think it was initial four. Um, group group games, and then I just trained my ass off yeah. for that Canada moment. Actually got named to play in the quarterfinal the following le- week, mm. but um, pulled my hammy at training, so yeah. big SBW jumped on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, so, so, so what happened? Did you, you're on the piss at the hotel, Did, did was there an incident? Not really, no. no. It was probably a bit loud, as I usually was right, on the piss, right. but um, no, not that I can remember. Might have to get Richie in for a bit of a... <laughs> What a clarity! Yeah, why did um? Well, why did it even get out? If it was a like a team situation, I don't know. Like we're all on the piss in our own rooms and stuff. Yeah. So um, yeah, maybe I was just the loosest of the loose. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Well, if evidently I was, so that's mm. probably why. Yeah, and so so then there's the um the final. Did you play in the final? No. Nah, no. obviously I pulled my hammy right. that, oh, that gotcha. week of the quarterfinal. Mm. So that pretty much ruled me out. You know, you had um Corey Jane and Kahu who were playing awesome. So. Yeah, to come back 
from a dodgy hammy in a one-off game. No, I wasn't doing that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, that was the um the World Cup where Corey and, and Izzy Dag they um they got on the darts and sleeping pills and yeah. Red Bull. How were you not there? I was. <laughs> oh, you were. I just fell asleep and they went out. <laughs> I was always there with those two. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, I could, I, sorry, boys, you had to be thrown under the bus <laughs> on that occasion. <laughs> so, um, so even though you're not, pl- you, you're part of the wider squad. Uh, so, even though you're not playing, do you, did you did you still feel like you were part of it? Like, you, you, when the team won, do you feel like, yeah, this is my win as well? Um, yes and no. Um, but I like to give my all and feel like you know I've contributed, but. I guess to only play eighty minutes of the whole tournament, um, yeah, massive achievement. But you know, I guess the perfectionist in me would have liked to have contributed a bit more. Yeah, but, of course. Um, you know, it was definitely, yeah, definitely felt part of it. it. Was just a bit tough, you know, being on the outer for I guess seven other games. Oh, you were in good company though, DC as well. Yeah, well, he got injured. Um, I remember that in Wellington, in the lead up to the Canada mm. game, and then Slady fell down, and then Cruds come in and Beaver. So. Yeah, we did well to hold it together, just yeah, it was, yeah, the best one, of the best moments of my life, definitely. Yeah, and was that a hell of a night? I um, I, I was living in um the Auckland suburb of uh, Westmere at the time, and the next morning, like eleven a.m., um, went for a drive and um drove past Ali Williams' house. That's around the corner. I saw you saw you lurking around outside his house. Obviously, a big all nighter. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, guilty. Since we've been honest and transparent through this conversation, um, I think I had about two hours sleep in five days. But yeah, it was um, hectic. Amazing. <laughs> awesome, like an unreal experience, especially because the whole, I guess, country was celebrating with us. It just made it that much more special, but um, definitely tested the mental capacity <laughs> post-World Cup. Well, I mean, to be fair, at the parade the next day, everyone looked a bit bleary-eyed, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, it was a massive night. I think the only ones who didn't, I guess, go on a bender were the Franks boys who were at the gym, I think, 16, <laughs> 16 hours after winning the World Cup. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, and um, yeah, you've got a Commonwealth Games gold medal as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you yep. won. What, what games was that? So that was for the Sevens? Yeah, that was for the Sevens when we Where's played. Where's that, New Delhi? No. Um, yeah, we played in Delhi there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't really get a lot of game time, to be honest. I was pretty crap at sevens at that stage in my life. So I think um, Titch just picked me because he was obliged to because I've been dropped from the, um, what do they call it, Tri-Nation squad. Right, right. So, you know, I did contribute a little bit, but probably not a lot. Oh, I feel like you're being modest here. Are oh, you? no, seriously, no, yeah. I didn't get on the field in the final because, you know, we had um, guys with a wealth of experience before me and they were actually playing epic, you know, like the Kurt Bakers, Jose Gear, Ben Smith was when Bender mm, was in mm. you know, that patch of form that he carried for like five or six years where he was just a machine. Yeah. Yeah, so. Have you got these things still, like the Commonwealth Games gold medal? And no, the I actually, Cup? you know, through my gambling addiction, I guess, um, you know, no, sold a lot of them. Sold oh, you're a lot joking. Of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, gutted with that. Um, <sighs> such a, yeah, a shit path that addiction took me down, you know, and that, those are the moments that really, I guess, hit hard. Mm. Um, How much do you sell a... A Rugby World Cup what I sell, winner's medal for? I think it was like two grand or something, but just at this stage in life where I was so caught up in addiction and couldn't see a way out that, you know, gambling and finding peace through addiction was the only way forward. And um, the first time I've told, you know, the media anything like this, but um, not that you're the media, it's a podcast, but, um, <laughs> you know, to open up about it is, you know, first for me and something that I never thought I'd open up on. That's mm. yeah. oh, very brave of you to do that. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, um, no, I, I yeah. really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. that's um. So who who's got them? Is there any way you can buy uh, them back? Like they they mean this is this is the thing. Like they mean something to you. They don't mean anything to anyone else. No, they don't. But you know, it's just I guess scars of my previous life that I mm. that I have to carry. But I'm in the process of process of healing those. Um, I know who they've gone to, and I know they've been taken good care of. Right. But, you know, it's just, you know, that whole grief stage post-addiction is what I'm going through now, yeah. and I think, you know, honesty is a big part of that. Part of that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, same fate to all your all-black jerseys and um, every sort of bit of memorabilia? No, no, not every bit. Oh. You know, I've got um, my first jersey that won't leave mum's wall at home. Yeah, cool. Um, the Wales one. Um, second one's on my uncle's, uncle's wall, so I got the first two sort of firmly plastered on the wall so they mm. can't go anywhere, but... Yeah, I guess, you know, I guess reflecting on a bit of that, you know, there's that hurt there, but um, it's all part of the 
process post-addiction. Yeah, guess. absolutely, absolutely. And it, it's not a healthy space to be beating yourself up too much, eh? Hey? Like, you have to try and like, draw a line in the sand and move on, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like when I talk to people now and, I guess, explain, you know, a bit deeper about my addiction and where it took me. Um, like, shit, I can't believe that, you know, mm. you seem in, good, in such good spirits. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's just, yeah, recovery is a lot better place yeah. to be than full swing addiction where you're just trying to find peace where no peace can be found. Yeah. How did the addiction start? When did it start and what with? Was um, it alcohol initially or? It was gambling from a really young age. So is that gambling right? was big in my family. Um, the only channel that was you know, on at my grandparents' house or uncles when we got together was trackside. Yeah. Um, so I became, you know, hyper fixated with that. And obviously there was the drinking around. Not Our family wasn't, you know, heavy, heavy drinkers, but I seen it as something cool that, you know, my dad did. So, you know, copied that. And then um, my dad played rugby as well. So I adopted, mm, you know, mm. those three, yeah, three things that I yeah. thought were cool and that, you know, I'd molded my dad around, but I couldn't. It within my means. You know, oh, it, was a, it was a Kiwi thing, eh? I think, yeah. in the late 70s, 80s, maybe even 90s, rugby racing and beer. Yes, I was, you know, I, was, I said, you know, I was put on doll each ways with family and stuff <laughs> from the age of three or four, you know. I was sipping my, you know, my dad's beer at the same age and playing rugby at the same age and that just carried through into my teenage life where I had no control. Drinking was till blackout from the age of 14. Um, you know, gambling was, you know, the five or ten bucks I had and um, I wasn't actually introduced to well, harder drugs into my 20s. Yeah, and what was that? You loved the coke, didn't you? Yeah, coke. Um, even a bit of meth made its way into, oh, is that right? yeah, into the addiction cycle. Oh, glass barbie. Yeah, terrible, eh? What, the, terrible what snorting it or smoking it? Or? Smoking it. Yeah, that was... That was so you're probably lucky you got out alive. Like a lot, yeah. a lot of people aren't so lucky with that one, aren't No, they're not. Yeah. They're not. So, you know, that's when I eventually hit rock bottom, decided to come down here and make a few changes. Mm. Mm, needed ones. That's a lot. Yeah, intense. Yeah. You, you must have been cleanish when you are in like the All Blacks environment or the yeah, Super Rugby yeah, environment. Yeah, so how I would explain my addiction with gambling, it was consistent. It was every day, all day, you know, I couldn't separate myself from it because it was, you know, that safety, I guess that safety net I built in my head over time. That, that's what my family did, so that's what I'm going to do to make me safe. And then because I was always... Losing because I was a shit gambler. <laughs> you know? yeah, the house always wins. Yeah, I was always chasing, so it was yeah. a toxic cycle. I remember, you know, even some days being at rugby training, Crusaders, Hawks Bay, whoever it might be, and pretending I need to go to the toilet and check it in to check, you know, the scores or the result of a race or something. So it was really a sad time. Yeah, yeah. that is. Well, it's, it's, I, I don't know if you if you're able to do this, but like for someone that um doesn't have an issue with gambling, like can you explain what the attraction is? Is, is it like a is it like an adrenaline rush, a dopamine hit? What is it? Well, I'm trying to figure that out for myself <laughs> now. I guess, you know, being away from gambling for a period of time, it's like, shit, that's actually a really boring thing to do. Mm. But I think, it, you know, it was um, a whole lot of everything. It was, you know, I guess a false sense of security, what I'd seen my family do. It was um, adrenaline rush, definitely. Yeah. We've got, you know, 10K on a horse and it's um, wins by a nose down the straight. That's a pretty big rush. I'm going to pause you right there. 10K on a horse. Yeah. Yep. 10th, is that the biggest bet you ever had? No, I put 25K on a horse. Oh! <laughs> did it win? It did. Oh, 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 that's a bad lesson. That's a bad lesson. Oh, shit. So, but it didn't wow. pay much. I only paid like a dollar fifty or something. So it was a hot favourite. Not even doubling my money. Just yeah, yeah. the whole chase, chase, chase. That doesn't make any sense. Fuck, that's the price of a car. You can buy a lot of things for 25k. I mean, yeah, when I look back now, it's like, shit, that'll be... Want 20% discount on the best earplugs for exercise? Ultra earplugs go in your ears and stay in there. Go to ultraaudio.com, that's U-L-T-R-O, and use the discount code DOM20. That'll save you around $35. That's ultraaudio.com, U-L-T-R-O, and the discount code DOM20. Nice to have, but... So you, uh, you were earning great money... Like probably in the top two percent of um, income earners in the country at that time, most of the money. Did you invest anything, or did it just all uh, go on? No, I bought a house in Northwood. Yeah, um, which is just up the road here. But I had to sell that once I lost my contract with Waratahs because mm. I, you know, I didn't have any money put away. I was just pretty much, even though you know, some days I was getting, some months I was getting, a lot of months actually, I was getting you know ten, twenty, sometimes thirty, forty k into my account, and mm. um, I just had no appreciation of money yeah um no value didn't value it 
like you know, a hundred bucks was nothing. Yeah. Um, these days, it's everything, you know. Yeah. Mm. Wow, I'm just trying to process those bets. Yeah, I'm trying to process it oh again too. Oh my god! I, I would just, if I had a bet that big, I'd, I'd feel sick. I'd yeah. feel I'd feel sick to my stomach. Mm. You, you, you feel sick, and then like a, a wave of like a dopamine hit when it wins, or um, the wins didn't feel like a lot. Yeah, you know? like there'd be that. I guess automatic relief after the race or <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah, it be. Yeah. But then, you know, it'd just be the same cycle again, chasing more. It didn't matter if I got up to, you know, 100K in my TAB account, that was never enough. Um, it was never going to be enough, you know, because of an addict chasing yeah. greed. So it was only ever the horses, never, never like the slot machines or anything? Never, not no. really pokies, a little yeah. bit, but not really. I mean, it was mainly just horses and sport. Shit, but you would have been hardcore. You would have been like if if it was just some some crappy Australian thing on from Mooney Valley. That would have been yeah. you. Mooney Valley was like <laughs> premium standard. We're looking at um, what is it called? Hellersville Hellersville Dogs. I don't even know how to say it. Down yeah, yeah, yeah. The, down the three hundred meter grass track. That's right. when you know you're in a bad yeah. space. Let's run through your Super Rugby career. So you 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 play for just about everyone, right? You play for the Hurricanes. Uh, firstly, um, yeah, played for the Hurricanes when I was first out of school. Yep. That was pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Pretty loose at the same time, though. Was it? Yeah. Who, who was in the team then? Jerry Collins, yeah. Manonu, Conrad Smith, wow. uh, Tamani Allison, Soyalo, Tealada, you know, all the big names that, I cr- yeah. that I've grown up watching. Um, but all really good people. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So, you, yeah. so you're there for a while. Um, that wasn't a successful time for the Hurricanes? No, they um, never... We made the semi-finals yeah, yeah. both years. I think we lost, we lost the Chiefs one year and... Maybe the Chiefs again. Mm. I'm just struggling to remember. But, yeah, that was a great time. I mean, I was there from 08, 09, um, and then wasn't really playing well for the Hurricanes in 09, um, which is the same year I made the All Blacks effectively. So mm. decided to come down here and play for the Crusaders. Yeah. Mm. So you yeah, go, yeah, you go exactly. from a good team to a great team. Yeah, yeah. And it just, yeah, it was just um, made sense to come down here and learn off the best like yeah. DC and and those fellas, and I had a great time down here. I think I yep. played 60-odd games or something, mm. um, and then decided to go over to France after that. Yeah, so so when you were down here um, in Christchurch playing for the Crusaders, you, you managed to sort of um, keep your addictions in check? No. No, no. no so it was always there, just lurking in the background? Always there. You know, obviously, um, you know, the alcohol and drugs are more binges. Like mm. I wasn't constantly drunk or constantly wasted. Right, so you'd, you'd you'd pick a time where you can do it so you know you're not going to be tested or... Yeah, yeah. but it, you know, it wasn't always the best time either, you know. Um, in terms of being a professional athlete, you know, you've got to turn up to training on Monday and be prepared, but I wasn't turning up prepared at all, you know, and you can only fake it for a certain amount of time. So I eventually, you know, got found out and then decided to go over to France, but... Um, yeah, what, so what, what happened there? Were you sort of kicked out of the squad? or? Uh, so it was 2014, I yeah. was here with the Crusaders, and I yeah, I wasn't in a good space at all. I was mm. um, trying to self-medicate um, through prescription drugs, I guess, gambling, yeah, um, same shit. And they didn't play me for that whole year. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking past uh, Todd Black at his office. It would have been halfway through the season. And um, he said, how are you going? <laughs> I said, oh, fucking shit, you know, I haven't hmm. played a game. It's like, I guess it's like a builder turning up and not seeing any progress on his mm. house. So, you know, we decided that day that I'd get an early release and get to go over to France. Why hadn't they played you? Were you, were you, were you not on form or did they just know that you had some stuff going on? Yeah, they knew I had stuff going yeah, on. Um, yeah. I knew I had stuff going on but wasn't fully ready to address it, I guess, you know. That's mm. um, just when I sort of hit a brick wall for the first time. Mm. Um, that was 2014. And yeah, didn't get on the field once that season. Do you, do you, in hindsight, like, do you wish more was done? Like, do you wish there was like some sort of an intervention? Or there were plenty of interventions. Yeah, but I just wasn't wasn't ready, you know, to yeah. put up my hand and say, you know, I'm the problem. I'm the common denominator. Um, you know, no matter how many times I hit rock bottom over my professional career, it obviously wasn't hard enough. Yeah, to make me think otherwise. Crazy! Wow, crazy! So then, after that, you uh, was it New South Wales after that for the Waratahs? No, I went to France first. France first, yeah. yeah. Then you know, same problems, different country. I thought you know, half a half a mil a year will sort me out, but effectively, is that what you were getting? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was on. Yeah, about that. Wow. Did you enjoy enjoy the lifestyle? Though? Enjoy the experience? Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, I love I love France, but I think I you know I definitely missed that 
communication from home, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so being like able about to, homesick, do you think? Yeah, yeah. Um, homesick, but being able to have those conversations that we take for granted on the daily here, because mm. my French wasn't that flash, obviously. So yeah, it'd be you know, quite lonely existence, eh, if you can't. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you had all the stuff I had going on in my head, um, I think it was after about 10 months, I decided to just come home, put yeah. it in, um, was up to the same stuff over there, so no amount of money was going to save me. What's, what's that, just the alcohol, drugs, gambling? Yeah, alcohol, drugs, gambling, same same cycle that I couldn't break. Easier and cheaper to get coke over there as well. <laughs> it, is, <yeah. laughs> it was easier and cheaper. Um, so yeah, More was, money for gambling. More money for gambling, and believe it or not, even uh, though you know I was earning that amount of money, I was still in debt each month because you know I was doing what I thought. No, I didn't think it was right. It was stupid. Mm. I, I was doing what I'd had taught myself. It was just impulsive behaviour, yeah, I guess. Very so. impulsive. Yeah. So, do you ever go to counselling or anything? You ever go to a therapist through this time or no? Yeah, I went yeah. to rehab in 2013, um, start of the Crusader season. Yeah, and that actually put me in a really good space. You know, I think I was sober and away from gambling for at least four to six months. Okay, so then, um, so after France, then you're in Sydney. Is that right for the Waratahs, New South Wales Waratahs? I come back from France, played at Hawke's Bay. Yeah. And then got asked not to come back. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so I didn't even make it. I think I made it to all but the final two games of the season. Yeah. Um, my last game for Hawke's Bay was against Waikato. Um, lift tackle on Damien McKenzie. Played like utter crap, subbed after 55 and never mm. played Hawke's Bay again. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, we're jumping around a bit here. But so, Raritonga, what, what happened there? That was, cause yeah. that, that, was the, that was that was like the first sort of Zach Gifford scandal, I guess. So yeah. that, this was after the Rugby World Cup. Yep, after the Rugby World Cup. And what, you, you, you're, um, you're nude on a scooter? What's <laughs> I don't know if I was nude on the scooter, <laughs> but just um, myself and Richard Buckman, the buck truck, we'd actually got over there um, a day before the rest of the wedding party was about to arrive because we're like, oh, we'll get get the island ready for them all but <laughs> we they flew in that next night and apparently we were outside the airport uh doing huckers and stuff like that just being silly <laughs> buggers so just absolutely steamed and um couldn't control myself to be honest yeah so do you, you remember much about it no not a lot um blackout pretty much yeah you know? like just wake i remember waking up in the morning in the in the cell and it just absolutely reeking of urine and having the worst dry horrors that I've ever had in my life because of the temperature and humidity over there, mm. and just being like, "What the hell have I done?" Mm. You know, like I had didn't have a lot of recollection. I was like, "What just happened?" Yeah. Um, so I definitely knew I had a problem at that stage. Yeah. But um, actually tried to address it, but just just tussled with it for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I remember the, the, when that story broke, because obviously, you know, you, you're, you're an all-black, you've got a very big profile, so it's big news back home. But it, I mean, it's not funny now knowing the, the extent of your addiction and where it's taken you, but at the time I remember thinking, what a lad. <laughs> yeah, that's what, a, that's what a lot of people have said to me as well over the years, is like, you know, just did what any other Kiwi lad would have done, et cetera, et cetera. But, yeah, I think I probably took it to the next yeah, level over yeah. years, eh? and you know, just become very tiring. You know, the same old mm. excuses time and time again. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, still get shit for it today. But <laughs> I, I managed to have a laugh one way or another through the pain. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so that happens. So I'm guessing you're in trouble with um with the, the bride in particular. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I just literally, I think, locked myself in a room because I could hardly walk. I'd taken some. Um, massive falls. I remember the cops were trying to drive me to the hospital to get stitched up. Mm. And I thought, nah, stuff this. You know, the scary-looking guys were bad, and so I jumped out the police car, landed on the road, jumped over a bridge into the water and was trying to swim away from them. Oh, my God. <laughs> that bit of the story never came out. No, no. <laughs> so, so then... Um... Then I got cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then, what, like, what sort of trouble do you get in with the New Zealand Rugby Union when something like this happens? Um, do you get called in for a meeting? Yeah, I, got or? A, I got a monetary fine of like four k or something. Obviously, called in for a meeting, got four games stand down. And my first game back was the Highlanders mm-hmm. down there. And the whole zoo was chanting while I was on the bench. <laughs> was chanting 
Guilford's on the piss. Guilford's <laughs> on the piss. And I don't think I've ever felt so small really? on a rugby field because, you know, I was still trying to get my confidence back post rugby yeah. long, and then you've got the whole zoo chanting that whilst you're trying to do 10-metre shuttles. And mm. Yeah, but, you know, it's... Um, I guess I can sort of see the humorous side of it, but I also see, you know, the I guess the pain I cause myself mm. you know, and supporters and stuff over the years. So, was, you know, I can have a giggle about it, but mm. at the same time, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm extremely disappointed and gutted with, you know, the way I conducted myself over the years. Yeah, and the, the, I think that says a lot about the, um, yeah, the the drinking culture in this country and the attitude towards drinking as well. Like, it was, it was probably like a mark of respect, them chanting that to you. So they would have all been on the piss as well. Like, yeah, most probably. Which is, yeah, I mean, I mean, really, it's not something to be celebrated, is it? Well, no, not really, not. Mm. No, it's definitely not. But, yeah, I think, you know, that, I guess, binge drinking culture was massive for me growing up, especially, you know, throughout my high school years. Um, you know, we'd get a couple of kegs between the first 15 and just drink till we drop, you yeah, know. And, yeah, um, It's at the same school as Jesse Ryder, so... <laughs> We've locked horns a few times over the years. Good man, but um, yeah, is, he's, is he still down here in Christchurch? Is he in Christchurch? Oh, I thought he, thought he was for a while. Well, maybe not. I hope not. I'm hiding a few. <laughs> <laughs> really? Why is that? <laughs> no, right. he's a good man. Oh, yeah. Um, so I feel like so that was there was the Rarotonga thing. Then then we didn't really hear anything about you for um for many years. So were you keeping your nose clean, or were you just sort of like doing? Doing your addictive behaviour and your um, shadows, I guess. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, I've definitely had clean spells over the years. Mm. Um, away from drugs, alcohol, but the gambling was the consistent one. That was yeah. making me really sick. I would hide behind, you know, I'd say, no, nah, it's the drugs and alcohol, even to the media, because I never wanted anyone to find out that I was the all black with a gambling problem who didn't have any money, you know? So right. I hid behind that guilt and shame for a long time, which mm. is probably why I've gone um, ghost mode a few times and just, you haven't heard from me because, you know, yeah. just hiding behind that guilt and shame. But, um, you know, once that was listed, lifted in the last few months, just, yeah, it's like, oh, own it, you know. If I don't own it, then I'm going to keep running from it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, once you own it, I suppose it allows you to have a clean slate moving forward. Yeah, well, I don't know about a clean slate, but at least, it, you know, most of it's out there in the open. And yeah. It's like, you know, if, People who want to judge will judge, but, you know, I think people have been through what I have. And, you, you know, addiction, know that, you know, it's at your own pace. Mm. Your journey's very personal. Yeah. Um, each person's recovery journey's different. Yeah. And now, what was the um, what was the Uber incident or the taxi incident? Oh, yeah. What, um, what was the story yeah, there? I can talk about that. Okay. Um, really gutted with myself mm. for this action. I, you know, I've always been, I guess, one of those men that, Stand every anyone that hits a woman is a coward, and I still stand by that stance, yeah. which um, effectively made me a coward, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, had a big night in the Hawks Bay. Um, Thirsty whale. No, <laughs> I didn't go out at these yeah, times because yeah. I didn't want to be seen or judged. Yeah. You know, oh, I might have gone to a local pub, but um, I was actually getting dropped off after being drinking all day, mm. and I'd had a altercation earlier that night and thought the person in the front was a person who I'd had an altercation with that was talking about, you know, my family members and stuff and um, something was said and I reached over and actually thought I punched a dude. That's how intoxicated I was. Right. Woke up in the morning to um, a number of text messages and explaining what I'd done. Mm. And, um, yeah, I can say that was a very low moment in my life. So can you, can you rem- remember it or you just... Or you just remember it because you, you you know through text messages and whatever you know that yeah, that's what happened. Pretty much, yeah. Don't oh, remember yeah. the actual incident. Um, Who was she? She's a friend, yeah, a friend yeah. of a friend, and um, yeah, like just people don't deserve that. And mm. my behaviour was atrocious at that stage. Even though you know, I say to myself, you know, I didn't know it was a girl. It's not an excuse. Mm. Um, just another motivation for me to keep on this journey of sobriety. Mm. Because from what I know about you, like you're, um, you, you know, you, you've you've got a good heart. Like you're a good guy. So when when you wake up in the morning and you realise you've done that, like wh- what do you do? Do you do you burst into tears? You, you, how do you feel? Um, yeah, there were definitely tears that morning. Even though you know I don't cry a lot, there were, there mm. were because that was an action that I never thought that yeah. I'd make myself. Um, but yeah, I, I just remember that day being 
just curled up on the couch, just hiding away from the world, but trying to, I guess, um, explain myself to the person I'd hit and also our friends who, you know, we have mutual friends together um, and just trying to make sense of it myself. And mm. it still doesn't make sense, to be honest, apart from the fact that I was caught up in the cycle of addiction. Yeah, yeah you'd think something like that would be the moment where you go, okay, that's it, I, I just can't drink. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm. you know, I suppose that, that's addiction, eh? Yeah, I thought that would have been the moment too. Um, yeah, I actually had further <laughs> shit to put myself through, believe it or not, which I cannot believe today, yeah. to eventually get to that rock bottom where it really hurts mm. and um, it starts to sink in. Yeah. So um, did you go through some um, restorative justice with, um, with, the, with the, the, the woman involved or did you, did you meet her? And, uh, yeah, 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 we went through restorative justice yeah, yeah. and um, I think she finally you know, understood that it wasn't my intention, that I was completely... I guess messed up and yeah. wasted, but it's still in my head that's not an excuse. Yeah, I'm here. I need my shit today, and um, to have to live with something like that is, is pretty tough, to be honest. But yeah. um, I think I'm just trying to use, I guess, my story for others to see that there is hope through yeah. the darkness of addiction. Absolutely. Has, has she forgiven you now? Do you think? Um, I don't know if I can ever be fully forgiven. Yeah. Um, but you know, we've talked since, and it's I guess as good as it can be. Yeah. Right. Okay, well, that's good. What happened after that? You see, you end up in um, Wairarapa Bush, playing rugby there? Yeah, well, I was actually, uh, oh, actually, yeah, I ended up playing for Waikato in between another right. club over in France in between all those years, <laughs> but we'll just fast forward through there because it's really the same old story, Dom. <laughs> Fucking shit house. <laughs> but every, every time you go to a, like a, a new club or a new country, are, are you saying to yourself, um, right, this is it, this is a you know, fresh start, this is my chance, or... Uh, <clears throat> Or in your heart, are you, are you like, well, it's, I'm just going to do the same shit over there? No, every time, you know, I've, every time I've gone to a new club, it is with the intention of being a great player and a better person. Yeah. And I've initially done that through the clubs that I've been to, but yeah. then that consistency wavers, you know, after, I guess, the initial period of excitement. And um, that was a common trend, you know, I'd do really well to start and then go off track. Um, so, you know, it's something I can now recognise. Yeah. Um, maybe... Definitely too little, too late in terms of a rugby career. But yeah, how old are you now? Thirty-three. Yeah, I don't know. Brad Thorne was still playing when he was fifty, wasn't he? <laughs> um, no, no. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I'd put the Is boots on next year and have a run round, you know, just for a club team here or something. But I think that's more just you know, so I can so I can play the game that I love for yeah. so long in a in a decent mindset, free of addiction. Yeah. Um, so that's that's why I want to do that. Yeah, just because oh, I feel cool. like I probably owe the game a bit too. Yeah, do you? How do you mean? Oh, well, I guess you know the supporters and everyone that's followed me over the years have, um, you know, been let down time and time again. So yeah, you know, I owe it to them just you know to put the boots on while I'm in a good headspace and and myself. I'm not expecting to return to any great heights, but um, just be nice to have a run and enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, so what does like career wise? What does the rest of your life look like? Like you're still you're still pretty young on the big scheme of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you mean rugby or? Oh no, just what, whatever. Life? Like career, yeah, career wise, life wise. Um, so at the moment, I'm working for a recruitment company. Yeah. Called um, Redemption Solutions. Uh, so, what we do is, I guess, provide hope. We deal with a lot of people who have um, been through wins or the system, and it somehow hasn't really worked for them. So I guess. Um, you know, my relatable story and also the people that we work with are quite real with the mm. people that come into our office and are looking for work. And I think they appreciate that because I guess we're we're now that beacon of light for them. Yeah. Um, having been through our shit, albeit, you know, I'm still, you know, quite early in my journey. Mm. Um, I just know that it's not going to go backwards this time, um, which is hard for a lot of people to believe, I know. Well, it's, yeah, it's like we were saying before, like it's yeah. um, maybe a bit of a, like the boy who cried wolf and it's yeah. just a case of action, speak louder yeah, than words. Yeah, exactly. So it'll guess, just take time to prove it. Yeah, so I guess um, where I'm at now is that, you know, helping myself as well as helping others. I've, you know, I've always been an extremely giving person, mm. um, but now I think it's just trying giving out that hope and giving sharing my stories that so allows others to be vulnerable. Yeah. And, you know, it allows them to open up and open that, lid on the trauma that they're dealing with because uh, yeah, I just left my lid bubbling mm. for too long, you know? Yeah, your vulnerability, yeah, it's, um, it needs to be redefined as more of a strength rather than a weakness. I feel like um, when you were playing in the All Blacks, you are probably, you, you know, you're like hard men. Yeah. So there's probably not a, I feel like this, it's probably a bit different now with um, yeah, the likes of Artie Severe and co, you know, sort of um, 
you know, encouraging people to be vulnerable, but you know, I'm guessing it wasn't a big thing when you were there. Not really. Um, you know, we had a lot of, I guess, tough men around mm. at that time, you know, the likes of Jerry Collins and Brad Thorne and those men. So um, I didn't really want to show any signs of weakness, no. you know. Um, so I just kept all that bottled up for a very long time mm. um, and didn't really know who to talk to without yeah. sounding like a a pussy, I guess. That's how we <laughs> yeah, put it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to show any weakness, yeah. No, no, so, yeah, but I think, you know, vulnerability is massive, you know. I think, yeah, it's definitely a strength that more of us males need to adapt because um, it allows us to talk about our shit and then use tools that are actually going to be meaningful in our life. Yeah. What's your what's your inner voice like? Inner voice? Yeah. Uh, my inner voice used to be terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, it used to tell me to do all the things that I shouldn't pretty much mm. that were taking my life down a downward spiral. Um, but I guess making peace with what I like to call my tanifa. Mm-hmm. Um, really tanifa, that's like a monster, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. a good friend of mine, Rob Mokaraka, talks about it. He's actually been Oh, yeah. He was, I want to get him on the podcast. Yeah. yeah he, um, he tried suicide by cop. Yeah. 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 He's really good. So I'm good mates with him. But yeah. Um, Long story short, what were we talking about? Oh, the tanifa. The tanifa. Yeah, you're on a yeah, voice. Just making peace with that because I tried to wrestle with my tanifa for a long time, and but actually getting to know who I was deep down into the core, making peace with that tanifa was where I've really found some benefits. And yeah, just that knowledge of knowledge of self has created a lot of lot more power than what yeah. I used to have. I suppose that brings us to now, and, and the reason that you're here with this um, home detention bracelet on. First of all, how much how much time you got on home detention? I've got till December, the middle of December. Right, and that's currently um, towards the end of May. So are you allowed to go anywhere with it? What are you allowed to do? What Um, are the rules? I'm allowed four hours of recreation absence and then four hours fortnightly of a social absence, Mm -hmm. which could could be going to a rugby game. Okay. I don't know, you know, recreation's going for a walk or something like that. So I'm not actually struggling with the home day sentence, to be honest, because, Mm -hmm. you know, I work from home, I've... I've um, got enough training gear here to keep me sane. Um, all my relationships within this house, and even in general, you know, on on track to being repaired or, or really flourishing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I've got everything I need here, so I don't really need to leave a lot to tell you the truth. Yeah, oh, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah, so you're on home detention because of um, an incident with your, with your granddad. Mm-hmm. Fuck, you must have felt like shit when this happened. And that with like the enormity of what you'd done, terrible. You know, I remember. So how did it start? There, how did sitting it start? there and tussling, I guess having a tug of war. The idea, you know, if I just take a little bit, I can put it back. Mm. Um, to just cover my ass, you know, because I had debt racking up. I, you know, wasn't earning how the money I used to earn. Um, and I guess, um. A lot of issues with self, you know, around getting that confidence back because I couldn't do it on the rugby field. How was I going to do it in life? And, um, yeah, ended up taking close to 40K, um, putting a little bit back through, you know, the, that month or so it was of gambling or a few, mm. few weeks, but um, really, really, really stuffed up, you know, and um, didn't actually talk to my granddad for a long time. Um, but in the last six weeks have have reached out and made that connection again and, um, the first phone call was just me crying like a baby. Mm, um, yeah. But then, you know, we've had weekly phone calls, catch-ups after that, and our relationship seems to be well back on track. So um, yeah, pretty powerful for me just to put the hand up and own my shit because, you know, my granddad didn't deserve that. Other people I've let down don't deserve that. Mm. So um, Yeah, because he, 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 he loves you so much. Yeah, yeah, he loves me, and, yeah, I love him just as much. Mm. You know, and we, I grew up idolising him and still do idolise him, so... You know, to put that pressure on him, but I guess sadness and, you know, we had each other's back and and, and that really, I guess, crumbled that relationship for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, not that it would undo anything, but can you pay back the money one, one day? Yep, that, so that's been paid back. Oh, it has? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that was a bit of a relief for him as well, but also me ringing up. I can't go visit him at the moment, but I will at Christmas time ringing up and really owning my shit. I think he found some respect, a lot of respect right, in that. Because he knows you mean it. Yeah, he knows I mean it. He knows that's not not me, you know, the person that got caught up into that 
in that cycle of addiction. It yeah. wasn't me for a long time, you know, and he knows who I really am deep down, which I guess is, you know, part of the forgiveness. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then, um, so... Um, I'm sitting down with you in May. You're in the news a couple of days prior to this for what was it for getting on the piss in February or something? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So that was the last time you drank. Um, no, no, right. Um, so what was that? So you, these were some of your like bail conditions or something? Yeah, or so my sentencing, um, my my intensive supervision condition was not to consume alcohol, um, and I had uh, a few of the boys around. When was it? Middle of February sort of thing. Just played a cricket game. I think I picked up a few wickets. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling good. Right arm off spin. But um, mm. yeah, just, you know, got on the piss. Ended up having an argument with my ex-partner at the time. Um, just a verbal one, you know, music up loud, cops are rung. I was found, you know, asleep and intoxicated at 2am in the morning. Mm. Um, so that was when I decided to come down here to Christchurch and um, get the help I needed. Yeah. So is that, is that about the time that you um, were diagnosed as having ADHD? Yes, I was yeah. diagnosed on what I, I think was March the 16th. Right. Um, so that was a massive day for me. Because um, for a lot of years there, I just thought I was an asshole. You know, that couldn't <laughs> get his shit together. But I knew there was a get, good mm. guy deep down inside. So yeah. I didn't understand. Like I was like, this actually sucks. I cannot figure myself out one mm. bit. Because I'm such a nice guy. But on the other hand, you know, I'm lying to fulfill whatever void is there through addiction and just doing the shit that isn't me. Mm. Um, so getting that ADHD diagnosis wasn't an excuse, but I guess gave me more power yeah. around why I did some of the things I did over the years. Mm. And yeah, as I said, gave me, yeah, that knowledge is sort of of self has been priceless in terms of moving forward yeah how do they diagnose that because i reckon i reckon i've got it I reckon, <laughs> I reckon i've got a myriad of things eh? i reckon i'm on the spectrum somewhere i reckon i've got adhd but i, I was born in the 1970s so the, this yeah. shit was never diagnosed yeah that's what, the, what do they do what's the testing that's what i said to mum you know when i got diagnosed with adhd um she was like it just wasn't a thing a thing back yeah. then um and, you know i don't hold any Anything, any resent towards my parents because they didn't get me diagnosed as a kid, but it would have been nice, mum and dad, just quietly. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, so you got to go to a, you got to do some un- online stuff, questionnaires, go to the psychologist. She'll then ring um, family members that you've grown up around. Um, then you wait for that report to see if you've got ADHD or not. Then you have to see a psychiatrist, GP. So it's a process, a massive mm. process, and quite an expensive one. So I'm, you know, lucky with the support down here that they were able to fast track that. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Wow, you've been through some shit, haven't you? Jeez. Did, yeah. you, did you ever feel um, like suicidal at any point? A lot. Really? Yeah, suicidal ideation was massive for me just because I was, you know, as I touched on before, I was being this person that I knew I wasn't mm. um, an arsehole at times, and I knew I wasn't an arsehole. Um, but yeah, I had an attempt, suicidal attempt, and October last year. Um, so this is before you were going through the court thing, or during the court during like the court the process thing. of right. getting there. So yeah, the court thing started about May June last year. Yeah, it's only just been resolved now, so it's been pretty huge stress. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. I ended up in hospital last October for I think three or four nights. Tried to overdose on my antidepressants and mm. stuff, and um, yeah, was found having seizures and. Yeah, I could have killed myself, so I'm actually really happy that I didn't because, you know, I wouldn't be here having this discussion with you and living the beautiful life that I can now create for myself. Yeah. I believe you when you say that. Have you have you, have you found God or religion or yeah. anything through this process? Yeah, yeah. I have actually. Um, I've always been a believer in God. Yeah. But probably lost faith because, you know, I was like, well, if I believe in God, why isn't he coming to save me? Mm. <laughs> but I wasn't putting in any of that effort myself and I hadn't fully surrendered to God. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I go to church on a Sunday now. Actually, um, Jake, who I work alongside, he's a man of God. So um, he came and prayed for me when I first met him. would have been six weeks ago or mm. so. And, um, yeah, you know, I'm not leaving completely up to God. But since that moment, my life's changed for the better. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, how's your love life? You seeing anyone? Yeah, I am seeing someone at the moment, yeah. actually. Um, 
Yeah, fell in love on Home D. If that's <laughs> <laughs> things just keep the story right? just keep getting better. Yeah, uh, Tinder. Obviously, she's got to come to you. <laughs> oh, how, how did how did you meet? Who is she? Uh, social media, right? Um, won't disclose any names. Okay, just, okay. You know, is it fairly about, fresh? Fairly fresh. We're only on about day forty, but really, I guess, I guess the honesty has mm. um, been a big thing for us moving forward. You know, from the start, I was honest about what I've been through, honest about where I'm at and honest about, you know, obstacles that might come up in the future, but just being able to control the present, you know? Yeah. Um, and she respects that and not going to lie, you know, like it isn't easy on myself or her, you know, for the things that I've put myself through, but um, fully prepared to work, you know, 10 yeah. times harder this time around to make uh, things better. Yeah. And I suppose all your, um, all, all your mistakes or errors, they, they were all done like pre her. So yeah, it's like a fresh start. Yes. So have you, have you been married before or engaged before? Nah, no, yes, no, nah, haven't been married or engaged. Um, What's your longest relationship? Oh, about four years or yeah. so. So, you know, my relationships were quite turbulent, not just, you know, like relationships with girlfriend and boyfriend, but, you know, like friendships as well, because yeah. I was being a really inconsistent version of, of myself. Um, yeah, so it wasn't, it didn't just reflect in, you know, partners I had, but also friendships as well. But, you know, I'm reaching out on the daily to try and repair those and do what I can to yeah. get things right. Yeah, do you think in hindsight, like, um, I mean, some relationships just naturally run their run their course, yeah. and that's what happens. But do you think, um, like your your addictions and your inner turmoil have been sort of a like a thread or a theme in the breakups? Um, played a part. Yeah, I definitely think they've played a part. You know, um, yeah. Jeez, you just made me think on the spot there, Dom. But <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. You know, like yeah. the addictions and stuff have been massive in terms of you know the relationships ending one reason or another, just because I didn't have my shit sorted. You know? yeah. Who wants to be the guy that's got no money, you know, drinks and lives, you know, paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. So, yeah, just I think just some hard realities of at home for yeah. yourself as well. So life five years from now, how, how's that going to look? What do you reckon? Um, five years from now, obviously still love to be helping people in yeah. some capacity or form. Just um, can't quite predict what that will look like in five years' time. Um, I should suppose I should put myself first and mm. you know I'll be living a sober life still um, man of God um, beautiful relationships hopefully a family mm. um, or a young family even just one would be all good yeah I think just being a walk, walking example for I guess people that have lost hope yeah. trying to regain it that's what I'd like to be yeah yeah oh that's cool mm. oh, that's really cool so anyone that's listening to this that may be like struggling with um, addictions, you know, drug, alcohol, gambling, whatever it may be, um, like what would your advice be to them? Where do you start? Yeah, it's hard for me to give advice, you know, because I couldn't give my own advice <laughs> for so bloody yeah, long yeah. until recent months. But I think it's finding the courage to be vulnerable. Mm. However you manage to find that courage, keep searching for it, you know, because being vulnerable is massive. And also being honest and transparent. You, know, you can't be honest and transparent with everyone, but I think you know if those, you can be honest and transparent with those key relationships in your life, and especially with self. Then it goes a long way yeah. to, I guess, that journey of self discovery and and finding true self. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's good. Yeah, well, that's probably a good place to end. I reckon. Yeah, yeah, you seem yeah. like you're in a really good place at the moment. Do you still you, you still have like cravings for the gambling, um, or not so much anymore? Not really. Like you know, it used to be every minute of the day that. You know, I'll be thinking about it, to be honest. Um, but maybe, you know, like once once a week sort of thing as of late, like it might pop into my mind and then I just remind myself, you know, nearly put you in a box just mm. to, you know, refocus and go and be vulnerable and talk to people. If I'm struggling, I can now do that. I suppose that, yeah, the, the hard thing about it is, you know, you've you got your phone and you've got apps on there, yeah. so it's so accessible. Yeah, there are blockers that you can put on. Um, it's just about, I mean, I tried to put all those protective measures Against, you know, against gambling in the past, and it never worked. But I think for me, just finally ready to surrender to the stuff that's held me back so long and to fully um, grasp the things that I'm good at, um, it's just massive for me. Yeah. Forward, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're looking really well. Thanks, mate. Yeah, and you seem to be in a good place. Yeah, yeah, get in there. Yeah, it's definitely um, going to be a work in progress, but I'm, mm. I'm actually excited about the, the journey ahead for once. Yeah, are you? Yeah, you know, I used to hide under the quilts and not want to appear for a few mm. days. But right now, you know, even though it's cold, you know, I'm getting out of bed, I'm getting 
my shit done so it feels really nice. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, Zach Gilford, um, good luck. Unfiltered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I appreciate the honesty. Really appreciate yeah. the honesty. It's no, the only way, good. right? Yeah, thanks for having me, Dom. I appreciate it, brother. Well, great to finally meet you in real life. Yeah, likewise, my bro. Thank you very much for listening all the way through to Runners Only with Dom Harvey. If you like what you hear, click the like button or the subscribe button wherever you get your podcast or even drop us a review. Only if it's a good one, though. Thank you. Big thanks to the sponsors of this week's episode, M's Power Cookies, uh, made right here in New Zealand. These things are so good. Created by a lady called M, funnily enough, who won the Coast to Coast three times. She's a nutritionist, so she knows what she's on about. I've got a few big events in the pipeline, and uh, these are going to be what's fueling me through. I rate them highly, especially if you're a runner or an athlete that needs some extra carbs. Check them out next time you do the grocery shopping. Um, if you can't see them in your grocery store, just ask for them. I actually saw them in the BP around the corner from my place the other day, so maybe they're on a dairy or a survey near you. All right, thanks again, Ems Power Cookies, and thank you for listening. Really appreciate it, and we'll see you next week. Want 20% discount on the best earplugs for exercise? Ultra earplugs go in your ears and stay in there. Go to ultraaudio.com, that's U-L-T-R-O, and use the discount code DOM20. That'll save you around $35. That's ultraaudio.com, U-L-T-R-O, and the discount code DOM20. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.